Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I, I am your host, Brian Karam, and with me today, it's a joy to have Brian Fogel, who's the uh, director and of, of a very important documentary called The Dissident, it's about the death of Jamal Khashoggi and what led to it. The Washington Post journalist who was killed when he uh, tried to get a wedding, a marriage license at, a, uh, at an embassy. So stay with us, Brian. It's a pleasure having you with us. And we'll be right back. Hi, and welcome to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today is Brian Fogel, the director of The Dissident, a documentary about the death of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post journalist who was killed in Turkey. And uh, we're going to start out, uh, Brian, the title of the show is Just Ask the Question. So I'm going to just ask you this. At any point in time, did you feel uncomfortable putting together this documentary or in any way uh, threatened? For doing it, uh, you know, threatened uh, in the sense of you know receiving uh, personal uh, threats. Um, you know, there has been a lot of like uh, Saudi troll activity um, on Twitter and social media. Um, Omar Abdulaziz, who um, factors heavily in the film, yeah. um, has certainly. Um, had uh, uh, countless uh, threats and um, and um, you know uh, tweeting and uh, text messages to his phone, um, et cetera. Somebody, uh, but um, I, I personally have uh, uh, have not um, felt like I am you know uh, um, you know threatened or um, in danger. I mean that that said, when we were you know when we were making the film. Um, you know, there was a lot of rules um, that uh, we were taking, um, and uh, all of the ads uh, was done uh, offline, uh, so on and so forth. Um, but you know, to this, uh, um, you know, to this day, I, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I feel safe. Well, to recap, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, I, I recommend that you do see it. And there are a couple of streaming services that have made it possible. And I know it had a limited release, but I really wish it had had a wider release so people could see exactly what happened. But for those who don't know, uh, Jamal Khashoggi was uh, a Washington Post reporter, but uh, a Saudi national who um, had become involved with uh some people in Canada, and apparently the young man that you're talking about felt he was personally responsible for uh, Khashoggi's death because he left the realm or had, according to the um, Saudi government, or at least the prince there, um, had crossed the line and become a dissident because he was helping them. Um, I wonder right. if you could just take me through how you, why you picked up this project, what surprised you about it and what you learned from it? Well, um, you know, the, the film just uh, came out uh, on uh, video on demand uh, across um, uh, many platforms just a, a few days ago. So it is available on Amazon, uh, available on uh, iTunes and, uh, you know, uh, to rent on Apple, I think Comcast, DirecTV, Voodoo, Xbox, Microsoft. Uh, so anywhere where you can rent uh, a film, uh, you're going to find it. You're just not going to find it um, on Netflix or Hulu uh, or HBO uh, or Amazon Prime, uh, but you will find it 
to, to rent. Um, that being mainly because, you know, the, the major streamers, uh, big global streamers, um, uh, just uh, didn't want the film. And that's, you know, a whole story. Um, Why is that? Know. Well, I think, you know, uh, the U.S.-Saudi uh, relationship is, is very complicated. Um, as you see in the film, uh, they wield a lot of power uh, within uh, the White House, within the Trump administration. Um, and, you know, they're the largest weapons sell, uh, they're the largest weapons purchaser um, uh, in the world and the largest weapons purchaser to the United States. Um, and they also, you know, control hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars of wealth uh, that they are using to invest into tech companies, um, you know, you name the company. Um, so I think when it came uh, to these big global streamers that had the ability um, to put this film out uh, into the world, um, I, they, uh, and whatever their risk assessment models were, uh, they valued their subscriber growth uh, and their business interests over their human rights interests. And, um, uh, and so the, the film um, in terms of distribution um, has suffered uh, as, as, as a result. And um, it wasn't just Netflix uh, or Amazon uh, even though, I mean, it's available to rent on Amazon, but that's a different thing. Uh, you know, um, it was, it was across the board, um, uh, despite, you know, the accolades, despite standing ovations at Sundance, um, and despite, you know, a, a global recognition, uh, about this murder and, and what I believe is, uh, a lot of interest, um, in this story. Um, but, um, uh, you know, that, that aside, um, when I decided to, to take on um, making this film, um, you know, I, I was really looking for what that next project and what that next story uh, was going to be, um, you know, uh, following Icarus and um, having the, you know, the, the incredible um, good fortune to have been on that journey, but also um, the accolades uh, of that film that, you know, crescendoed with the Academy Award in, in March of 2018. Um, I felt, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'd call it a, uh, um, you know, a, a responsibility uh, um, to continue to tell stories that would uh, shine lights uh, or shine light into what I view uh, and viewed as kind of dark corners um, of uh, injustice in, in this world and, uh, and certainly the case of Jamal human rights abuses. And um, so as, as his murder unfolded in those first two weeks of October, 2018, you know, my ears perked up and um, over those next few months, uh, I was able to build the, the trust of Hatija Jangas, his fiance, Omar Abdelaziz, the uh, the Saudi dissident living in self-exile in Montreal, um, and uh, the Turkish government. Uh, those three main components um, really allowed me to to craft the film not as a piece of archival, but really craft it as uh, as I saw it, which was a, a global you know, spy thriller, um, uh, a, a murder mystery um, that just so happens to unfortunately uh, be 100% true. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, and everything in the film, even though it's, it's kind of crafted uh, like, you know, like you might find in The Born Identity. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's, it's as real as real can get. One of the more disturbing parts of it uh, that I found was how, how, I mean, there's audio tape and the transcripts of his murder, his dismemberment. And I was surprised. I, I 
knew of that portion of the story. I was unaware of how they disposed of the body. And that was, to me, uh, very, very, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Sobering, scary, horrific, to think that in this day and age that um, for what a man says, you would go to those links to destroy him and, dis and, and any notion that he ever existed on the planet. I mean, that wasn't just a, a, a murder. That was an eradication. You know, um, I think, I think it, it speaks to um, uh, a greater threat that we have right now in our, uh, in our society and in, in our modern world, which is, you know, first of all, as, as you see in the film, um, they hacked uh, Jamal, they hacked Omar with Israeli cyber uh, hacking software called Pegasus. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and this isn't, uh, you know, this is used by the United States. It's used by countries all over the world. And, and there's really no regulation on this as long as you're essentially a government and has the means and wherewithal to acquire uh, this software, this hacking software. And through this hack, they were able to not only, you know, have full access to Jamal's phone uh, and Omar's phone, and ultimately, as we see in the film, the phone of Jeff Bezos. Um, but, you know, uh, they were able to see that he was actively working um, to um, subvert their, and when I say their, the, the Saudis, uh, takeover um, of, uh, of Twitter through false narratives, through fake news. Um, and, uh, you know, so what we see here is this, you know, threat from social media, you know, how, how in this case, in the film, Twitter is essentially used for, um, you know, not only misinformation and disinformation, much like we're seeing in our own country, um, but, it's ultimately, arguably, the reason why they decide to murder Jamal, um, because he is tweeting uh, opinions that are not, um, you know, in line to what Mohammed bin Salman uh, or the government would like him to say. Um, and, you know, the, the murder and the audacity of it, you know, is also something that, you know, look, we... we you know, they, they poisoned, uh, Putin poisoned Alexei Navalny, uh, whatever that was, three, four months ago in Berlin. I mean, they, uh, they put Novichok apparently in his underwear. Um, you know, I mean, this is, this is a long line of essentially um, murders or attempted murders uh, against dissidents of authoritarian regimes. And, uh, and I think what is shocking is, is the pure audacity of the Khashoggi murder. Um, and when you understand uh, the utter uh, lack of any sort of um, human rights, free speech, freedom of press, um, you know, uh, women's rights, et cetera, within Saudi Arabia, yet, you know, our country and, uh, you know, every, uh, the vast majority of countries around the world uh, have no problem. Um, Doing business, no, we're, we're doing business with them uh, because because uh, uh, the money is just is just too great. Well, you mentioned a few things in, in that that I, I wanted to talk about. One was the hacking, and they essentially can turn your cell phone into a tracking device. Not only a tracking device, but according to the um, to the documentary, uh, a listening device. So you have basically no secrets. If they want you, they got you. Um, which was, uh, we were kind of aware of that after, um, after previous uh, uh, escapades that we've, that we've covered in this country and that we knew about the Julian Assange thing. And of course, um, uh, Snowden, Andrew Snowden, but this was used in such a fashion and it was so frightening in its scope that it made you wonder if anyone is, if anyone has um, a, a private moment anymore, if the government doesn't want you to have a private moment, you apparently cannot have one. Yes? Yeah. 
You know, I, I think um, um, that is that is correct. Um, and I and I think what what we have to be concerned about um, is that you know the this technology, which is look, there's been uh, there's been so many things written about this, but um, you know hacking and viruses and this this is the new frontier of uh of weaponization um you know i was uh um you know as uh i was listening to uh to lawrence wright uh, speak the other day on uh, on joe rogan he was talking about how they you know they view that you know the, the true next uh danger to the world um is you know, is, is, is kids and, you know, terrorist organizations having, having access to, you know, to biohacking uh, tools um, to create, you know, the next virus, the next, because all of this is, is um, uh, these technologies are, are all available. Um, so, you know, the, I, I think not, the, you, you know, people, and, and I want to, to point out that when we talk about this, this is not a QAnon conspiracy. These are actual scientific facts of things that have been documented to have existed. So it's, it's. I mean, people go, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. This isn't, this is science. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is exactly, um, you know, what is, you know, what, you know, what is, uh, you know what is what is going on, um, and you know the the Khashoggi murder. Um, I think is shines a light onto how far these authoritarian regimes, in this case MBS, will go uh, to suppress freedom of speech uh, and freedom of information. And you know, in in the case of of of, of Jamal, I think what is so surprising is, you know, if you really read uh, his articles and go back and read what he was reading, uh, writing about in the Washington Post, I mean, this guy was a moderate. I mean, this wasn't even, you know, uh, Alexei Novani, who is, you know, Putin's opposition trying to right. become the president of Russia. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, uh, Skirpal, who was accused of trading Russian secrets to the British. This isn't Alexander Lithenenko, who they poisoned with polonium, but you know uh, he was an ex-KGB turned FSB spy who basically started divulging, you know, state secrets. I mean, this this is a guy who literally was a journalist, a Washington Post journalist. I mean, he was a Saudi journalist for most of his life, who happened to disagree uh, with the direction of his country. And um, and was silenced within his own country. Chooses self-exile um, so that he can still continue to speak freely uh, to meet, you know, just the most horrific death. Um, so, um, do you think that MBS was watching as his death unfolded? There is indication in your documentary that there was a large TV screen there, and it, you showed the room where the the death and dismemberment occurred. Do you think the prince watched it? Well, it's it's interesting. I um, after working on uh, the film for a year and uh, the trust that was gained through the Turks, uh, ultimately, they finally gave me uh, the transcript to his murder. And uh, you know, this transcript to this day, um, you know, it, it's not out there on CNN or. Or BBC. I mean, literally, intelligence agencies, uh, you know, uh, have the audio in this transcript. And then I, you know, over a year, built this trust, and uh, and Turkey provided it to me. And in the transcript, um, it cuts off essentially right after they uh, murder Khashoggi and take off his clothes um, on are on the verge of uh, essentially uh, dismembering him. I mean, just as horrific as it seems. And the transcript picks up a couple hours later uh, after he's been dismembered and they're like removing uh, 
his body in uh, in bags, um, and um, you know, and I asked my my sources, and um, you know, they said, well, uh, we uh, we've chosen not to uh, uh, provide that. Um, I said, well, you know, did they call back to Riyadh? Is that why? And, uh, you know, there was kind of a, without saying yes, there was a. <laughs> so you, you believe um, that they. So I, I, I believe that after they murdered uh, Jamal, uh, especially because of the room that they chose. And, yeah. and, that was, and that was the only room in the consulate uh, that was actually bugged. Um, that was the only room, uh, sorry, that had that had a listening device. And the reason why um, uh, they chose that room uh, to place their bug, which of course, you know, no intelligence agency is going to tell you how they got it there and everything. But what I was told is that the, the reason why that was the one room uh, that they bugged and lo and behold, that was a room that they decided to murder Jamal in, because there were other places within the consulate, but why that room? And that apparently was the only room in the consulate, and is the only room uh, that they could securely communicate and have a video conversa conversation uh, with Riyadh. Um, so I, I believe that after uh, Jamal was in fact murdered, um, that, um, you know, they, they called back uh, to the kingdom. The question is, of course, is who was on that call, uh, but they called back to, uh, to show arguably MBS, Saad Al-Qahtani, you know, uh, that he had in fact uh, been murdered. And that was, um, well, that was frightening to, to, to watch that. Do you, and do you think that, well, Let's say that for after the break. We're, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Well, time to pay the bills, folks. And this one I, I don't mind doing. If <laughs> Actually, I've actually used this. If this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time, come and make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself all shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Okay, or maybe not, maybe just a delicious festival. Uh, their deluxe grillers assortment package includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts. Right now, you can get this mouth-watering package. I, I've never actually seen a mouth water. Oh, well, anyway, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. And we all need a good meat thermometer. And exclusive price only available to uh, our listeners. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code QUESTION into the search bar. Get a jump on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks. You know, Omaha Steaks isn't just a steak. It, it's actually a, a lot of them. It's a fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season with Omaha Steaks. Guaranteed quality and safety with every order. Order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package today, and you'll receive four free Omaha Steak Burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. That's just a great straight line I won't use. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today is Brian Fogel, who directed and uh, has produced a, a, uh, a very uh, sobering documentary on the death of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And I, I want to go back to... Um, one of the things that were was in the transcript about the sacrificial lamb or sacrificial animal had arrived. There is no doubt that there was a discussion. I I take it, and that's your that's your, that's what you state in the in the documentary that this was a well planned event from the highest levels inside the Saudi government. This was not the work of uh, as the Saudi government has said 
people uh, and trying to please others. This was the, the strings were pulled from on high. Yes. Look, um, you know, in 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 the days following the murder, there was all sorts of narratives coming forward. Uh, one of them that even you know Trump put forward, you know, spectacularly was could have been rogue assassins. Who knows? I mean, yes, my- I was there on the South Lawn and was, uh, in fact, one of the uh, sound bites that you have in there was an answer to a question that I asked him on the South Lawn about Jamal. Um, really? Yeah, he he painted quite the vivid picture in the beginning and, and denied at first we what we heard was that he may not be dead and then we heard that well we want answers and then then we heard you know it may be a rogue thing and and the 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 narrative that we got at the white house changed almost daily for the first week or two well look uh you know it's uh uh what what is amazing is that um not only the denials from, you know, the Trump administration, the essentially being at odds uh, yet again uh, with reality, with the with with the CIA dis- disputing, uh, you know, uh, the, the you know the findings, you know, of of our own intelligence agency, British intelligence, French intelligence, the Turks. Um, but also, as we came to learn in, in Bob Woodard's book, uh, that, you know, that he has bragged uh, uh, about, you know, saving, um, uh, you know, saving, uh, you know, MBS's ass. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, this was a, uh, a concerted effort uh, by the Trump administration to not only help um you know, the Saudis and MBS kind of cover up the crime as, you know, uh, but essentially to uh, do what they could um, to help them, you know, uh, not take uh, any responsibility for it. And this was not coming from the House of Representatives or the Senate uh, on, on a bipartisan level. And, you know, and in the film, you see Lindsey Graham, Bob Corker, Rand Paul, all admonish Trump, uh, because one thing I was not looking to wade into was politics, meaning like right. the, the movie, the movie has nothing to do with whether or not you're a Democrat or a Republican or, or what side of the political spectrum you are. It's just these are these are the facts. And so I made a, a very conscious decision. Um, that if I was going to, you know, uh, have anything critical of Trump in the film, it was going to be, you know, his own words um, were coming from his own party. And in the case of, of Jamal's murder, um, there was bipartisan uh, across the aisle support to uh, sanction the kingdom, uh, to block weapon sales uh, to the kingdom to basically, you know, hold the MBS accountable for this murder. Uh, and Trump stepped in and, uh, and vetoed uh, these actions. And even as he's preparing to leave the White House, um, there's a story that just broke of him trying to secretly broker another $500 million with weapon sales, uh, you know, above uh, uh, Congress's head uh, to the Saudis right. as he leaves. Um, he's asked the Justice Department uh, for uh, to grant immunity uh, to Mohammed bin Salman from prosecution, so that the next administration can't, you know, basically try to prosecute him for this crime because Jamal was living in, you know, uh, was a Washington Post journalist, um, and uh, they had come to rendition another Saudi living in the states, so they're literally actively trying to to grant immunity, and then. There was a story uh, that just broke last week um, that Saudi Arabia finally lifted the uh, the blockade on Qatar or Qatar, um, and apparently the blockade was lifted as as very well reported uh, as a negotiation because Qatar bailed out uh, the Kushner's uh, office right. building uh, on Park Avenue, and um, this was uh, a favor. Uh, to Kushner uh, from Saudi Arabia because Qatar had bailed out uh, their realist their their building. Uh, so, I mean, this 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 runs deep. 
What do you think, do you think there's going to be any repercussion at all now? Or do you think that it's water under the bridge and at the end of the day, we'll just continue to do business and Jamal's death will never be, will never be addressed in the United States? I think that time will tell. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the new incoming administration, um, you know, uh, I believe is more aligned uh, with wanting to reexamine the U.S.-Saudi relationship. And, and Biden, um, you know, uh, literally has released a couple of statements. Uh, uh, the most, you know, uh, specific was on October 2nd, the second anniversary of Jamal's murder. Uh, he came forward and uh, literally using the hashtag justice for Jamal uh, said that if elected president, uh, that he planned to, um, you know, uh, reassess the U.S.-Saudi relationship. Um, and Saudi Arabia apparently, uh, since he's been elected, uh, has been uh, very active uh, in securing uh, and hiring uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, lobbying uh, firms, uh, basically to try to, um, you know, prepare for, uh, what will not be as friendly, uh, of a, uh, of a U.S. administration, uh, towards Saudi Arabia. Um, and I think you just have to ask what is justice for Jamal? And, um, I don't think it's justice as, uh, we might, call justice, which is the idea of somebody being, you know, uh, extradited, arrested, stand, stand trial for murder. Um, I think justice comes in um, uh, reassessing these business relationships, um, sanctions, blocking of weapons, uh, sales, and basically putting enough pressure uh, on uh, Saudi Arabia and MBS uh, to be accountable for their human rights abuses. Um, do you think and, that's uh, do, do you think <laughs> that's the question? I mean, look here, uh, what, what's interesting is, and look, we, we've seen this with the current administration, you know, where, where anything that kind of comes against Trump or whatever, he doubles down, right? Right. Uh, and then, he, and then he doubles down and he doubles down and he doubles down again. He never goes, oops, uh, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. He just doubles down. And he never and, will. And, and arguably. Uh, and, and the same can be said, you know, about Putin, right? You know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the authoritarian or the strongman playbook that you don't backtrack and then go, oh, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, right? So, so in the case of, of MBS was even in the fallout uh, from, you know, October 28 over the last, you know, couple of years of the Khashoggi murder, um, the human rights abuses um, in that country um, have, doc have been documented to only grow. There's been only more crackdown and further crackdown on anybody uh, with a, uh, with, you know, with a uh, with a dissenting uh, uh, opinion, and I think probably the the most uh, public case um, is one of uh, is uh, you know Lujan Al Hatul, who is the you know uh, Saudi woman's uh, human rights activist. She was jailed three years ago at the age of twenty eight, essentially for suggesting uh, outrageously that that women in Saudi Arabia should be allowed to leave their home without the permission of an 18 year old uh, male guardian. Yeah. Um, and uh, she suggested that women should be able to wear what they want, not a, you know, a full, uh, you know, uh, uh, burqa covering, you know, everything except their eyes and, and women should be able to drive. Um, for this, she was arrested, um, thrown into a jail, uh, tortured, and three years later, just this last month, she stood trial in Saudi Arabia. And you would think, with all this global pressure and outrage, not only the Khashoggi murder, but you know uh, all these countries looking into Saudi Arabia's human rights abuses, 
that they might have let her go, that they might have released her as, uh, you know, goodwill, right? Instead, uh, they sought the maximum jail term possible, 20 years, and they sentenced her to six years in jail, an additional six years, so nine years uh, in, in, in prison. Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself all shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season. I I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast, for all the updates your little heart could desire. That's JATQ Podcast. Again, that's at JATQ Podcast. All right. Hi, and we're back uh, from our, our latest uh, break. <laughs> Just ask the question. I'm your host, Brian Kerman. With me is Brian Fogel, the uh, director and producer of The Dissident about uh, Jamal Khashoggi and his death. And we were talking before the break about some of the other things that, has ha- that have happened in Saudi Arabia and some of the dissidents who have been punished. But again, as you were saying that, it came back to me that Jamal was not that guy. He was he, he was literally just a journalist and had, in fact, worked kind of hand in hand with the government over the years. It was that one single act that it seems that that pushed them over the edge and cost him his life. And what do you mean by one single act? Well, the, I mean, according to the uh, and that's a good question, but it's, uh, it, it, the, the dissident in Montreal who said that he gave him $5,000. And at that point in time, Jamal had crossed the line from being just a journalist to now being part uh, dissident. Do you think that's what caused his death? I, mean, I, I, think, I think, I think, I think, I think that, you know, obviously uh, Omar Abdulaziz feels responsibility. And, um, right. uh, and I think, uh, but I think that there were a lot of variables, right? You have a guy, Jamal was 60, 60 years old at the time of his murder. He had 1.75 million Twitter followers. He was an incredibly respected voice uh, in the Middle East and in Saudi Arabia. And, um, and uh, I, I think that MBS in this brutality and ego-driven um, you know, regime uh, that basically tries actively to suppress the thoughts and opinions of anybody who might not share uh, his opinions uh, or his direction for the country, that Jamal um, was a powerful voice. So I don't think you could say it was one thing. I think, I think <clears throat> he was writing for the Washington Post, an American newspaper. And many of his columns uh, spoke um, uh, negatively about the relationship between Trump and MBS and the Kushners and saying that this wasn't healthy for the country. Um, He uh, didn't support uh, MBS's economic vision uh, for the country. and wanting to bring uh, Saudi Aramco public. Um, he was uh, in his column speaking about the human rights abuses going on in his country, uh, the lockdown of anybody uh, who had a, a differing opinion with, of his. There's a moment in the film where, you know, he's speaking, you know, the, uh, uh, from a from a previous interview and he's going, they're locking up all of my friends. I mean, these people aren't even dissidents. Um, So, you know, so, you know, there was, there, there was this guy who had fled the country essentially living in self-exile so he could write freely about what he was seeing was a misdirection of his country. And, um, and so whether it was 
helping to fund Omar Abdulaziz uh, and paying for SIM cards so that, uh, as you'll see in the film, that they can uh, take back control of the Twitter narrative. Um, or if it was was writing for the Washington Post, uh, there was stories coming out uh, following his death that um, uh, uh, Maggie Winston Smith or whatever was um, uh, an advisor to Cutter, and that he was, um, you know, apparently, uh, you know, working working with her. Um, you know, it, it's hard, I think, to point an exact finger on it. I think it was a lot of things and that it was coming from somebody who the Saudi regime looked at as an insider. And, and yeah, and they obviously had some respect for what he had to say, or they would not have cared too much about what he did. They were, must have been afraid of who he was and how he could reach others. That Well, on the other hand, though, I mean, you know, they came after uh, you know, Omar Abdulaziz with a, you know, with a rendition team, as you see in the film. Yeah. And this is, and this is a 27 year old activist. I mean, what, what threat does he pose? Um, and they've jailed hundreds, if not thousands and thousands uh, of, you know, of what do you want to call it? Journalists, dissenters, youth in the country that have had a differing opinion. Well, yeah, I, I think that, and, and that's all valid, but I, I, I think that they took that ex, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think they took that extra step with Khashoggi specifically because he was, he had some influence and that's why they, at, at the end, it cost him his life. His influence cost him his life. Um, well, I but, think they, I think they took it more personally, perhaps, because here was a guy well, who See, that's worked. frightening too. Because that for for the Saudi royal family for most of his career, so I think they probably also viewed it um, as uh, as more a personal traitorous. betrayal. That what frightens what what fright yeah it is and what frightens me about it is I see parallels in our own country. I don't know that journalists are going to be hopefully not uh, put to death for speaking out in this country, but uh, the Trump administration has, you know, called us the enemy of the people and fake news. I do see, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I do see parallels between what occurred there and what is occurring here. I think there are strong parallels. I, I, we, our, our democracy, um, and not just our, you know, our idea of a right to vote, um, but democracy in the sense of having a, an ability to have a freedom of expression, freedom of thought, freedom of press, freedom of belief, um, has been uh, in a, a true threat and danger uh, over the last uh, four years. And you know, not to, to get into the um, the the Trump of it, um, but um, we've had a, a president that has disregarded uh, freedom of opinion that does not align with his. Yes, um, that has attacked the media, that has attacked the press, that has attacked any news outlet or press outlet. Uh, that doesn't agree with him, or has attacked any any outlet that he might even consider his allies that suddenly don't Fox. agree with him, um, and 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 while we go, okay, yeah, this is funny, um, this is scary. I mean, he's locked out tons of journalists from his you know uh, news conferences. Um, he has made you know incredible attacks against the Washington Post against the New York Times, um, you know, literally, uh, you know, waging a war against Bezos uh, um, because he owns a Washington Post. Yeah. And, and, like, and like an authoritarian uh, way of thinking, you know, MBS 
couldn't understand, Mohammed bin Salman couldn't understand because he had a business relationship with Jeff Bezos, um, he couldn't understand how he couldn't control his own newspaper from writing negatively about MBS and the Khashoggi murder. He literally blamed Jeff Bezos. And we say, have, we've seen the same thing with the Trump administration. Yes. This idea that, that the press is a vehicle to be manipulated uh, and, and controlled um, to, to write what you want them to write rather than to have a freedom of opinion. And while it might seem like it's not uh, that scary, um, what we've just witnessed this last week um, with the, you know, with the insurrection and essentially a, an attempted coup uh, is, um, is, is startling to see that um, we're not that far away from, no. you know, from, from what Hitler did uh, in Germany. I was and, standing in the, the briefing room, and I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but there are two things no. that, that remind me that, and, the, and the reason why I asked the question. I was standing in the briefing room one day and asked the president of the United States about a suit that his campaign had brought against the New York Times. And it was over an opinion piece. And the man told me that he had brought the suit over to the New York Times and there would be more following and they have followed because it's not that they had the, an opinion, it's that they had, quote, the wrong opinion. And that to me was mind numbing. And the fact that we, we kind of rolled with it bothers me even more. What I am concerned about in this country as I watched what happened to Jamal, and I have gotten, uh, and I told you before we started this, this call, I've received death threats and some of them were eerily familiar to me when I saw the, your, uh, when I saw the, the documentary, I, I've received almost word for word, those kind of threats, uh, anonymous threats that Jamal Khashoggi had. And you wanna think that the United States is not like a third world nation. But when I see what happened with Khashoggi and I see the president of the United States now, you know, he, hopefully he'll be gone by January 20th. He, he, you know, September 23rd, when I asked him if he would, would, it, would he, you know, agree to a peaceful transfer of power, he, he, he wouldn't agree to it. So he's fought this and this recent insurrection makes one wonder just how fragile our democracy is and how safe is free speech. And the, the thing that bothers me having gone through this is that it's all been twisted. We're the, one, we're the enemy of the people, yet they're the ones lying. They call us the fake news, yet it's them who make the stuff up. And I saw that, were you aware of that, putting together the, the documentary, how, how eerily familiar that actually was? I, you know, um, obviously, um, I was aware of, you know, ha having come out of what um, was was Icarus, right? right, which is a story Great about, things. which is a, a story about uh, a whistleblower, a Russian whistleblower. I mm -hmm. I end up basically uh, saving his life and bringing him to the United States, where he exposes this death. Mm-hmm. Uh, scandal that Russia basically had been cheating world sport, the Olympics, international competitions for decades under state-sponsored doping operation. And here was all the evidence for all, you know, I mean, there was no question about it. And yet to this day, Russia, Russia denies this. Putin has blamed everything on the act of, on one man, Gregory Rachenkov, right? And the narrative in Russia, right? Um, and has been presented by state TV because there isn't, you know, there, there is control of free speech and free press in, in Russia. Uh, there's even been laws passed, right? And, and people are so scared of Putin that even if you have a dissenting opinion, 
you know, or in the case of Alex, Alexei Novani, the guy gets poisoned, right? Right. So, so, you know, so, so people have went, you know, okay, uh, I think I'm just going to zip my mouth when it comes to Putin, if I'm going to live in Russia. And that goes from, you know, the oligarchs all the way down. Like everybody goes, I don't know who's listening. I don't know where the danger is. Well, that's certainly the case in Saudi Arabia, meaning the narrative in Saudi Arabia is that Jamal's Muslim Brotherhood, Jamal's a terrorist, Jamal was working with terrorist organizations, Jamal was on ISIS. And I've seen uh, fake reviews written on the dissidents IMDB page, clearly from Saudis, talking about, you know, this guy was a terrorist and how he deserved to be <laughs> killed and that, like, I mean, right? Right. My point is, is that there reaches a place in societies, in authoritarian regimes, where there is so much repression, where there is so much fear that people stop speaking the truth. They're afraid uh, to speak out. That is the case in Saudi Arabia. That is the case in Russia. And I think what we have been starting to see in our own country um, is that there is a fear and has been a fear to go against this administration. Um, I, I believe, you know, that that the dissident, while you can go rent it, uh, was not picked up by one of these uh, major streamers, um, uh, partially due uh, to these mega companies just simply not wanting to take on Trump. You know, he's been he's been trying to break up Amazon. He's waged a personal attack against Bezos, you know, um, and and I think if you're looking at American businesses, well, that's done. But you know, right. we don't we don't want to get on the wrong side of this uh, because he actually has the power to hurt us, and and that in a democracy in a, in a in a in a free thinking free thinking society. If all of a sudden you're thinking about the risks and rewards of speaking truth to power, right? That becomes a scary place. And, you know, even, even Reed Hastings of Netflix, when, uh, when asked why he pulled Hassan Minaj's episode of Patriot Act off the air, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, uh, which criticized MBS and the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, he said, we're not a truth to power company. We're an entertainment company. Sure. And, 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 and I think that that doesn't just speak to Netflix. It speaks to the, you know, larger, I guess, what I would call disease of freedom of thought, freedom of opinion, freedom of press, freedom of information um, that is uh, starting to, uh, you know, be be a plague uh, in our own country, let alone, you know, Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, and so many other, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, authoritarian or pseudo democratic, right, uh, countries around the world. And on that wonderful note, we'll take another. We'll take our final break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, J-A-T-Q podcast. That's J-A-T-Q podcast. Again, that's at J-A-T-Q podcast. All right. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. And with us is uh, Brian Fogel, the uh, director of The Dissident. Uh, I guess... When we left it, we were talking about what we see in our own country, paralleling uh, what has occurred in Russia and Saudi Arabia and other repressive regimes. Do you see a reason to, for hope now, or do you think even with the passing of this administration, that it's still something that we have to be aware of, cognizant of, and, and, uh, and police? I think, I think um, obviously the passing of uh of the trump administration i think um is hopeful of a return to 
um, I don't know what the word is. Societal norms. Uh, societal <laughs> norms where, where there's going to once again be a respect for the office of the presidency. Um, but I think that you have to take Trump out of this equation uh, and look at the larger picture. And that larger picture is, you know, the cybersecurity uh, threats that that all of us uh, are are under, um, and and this is you know what we get into in in the dissident. I mean, not only is there the ability to hack, you know, somebody's phone essentially at will and gain any sort of information uh, about them, but you know, this is, you know, uh, there, there were new um, uh, privacy notices that came through on Facebook that you had to accept um, that they were going to have, um, that you were allowing them to have full access uh, essentially to your device. If you don't want to stay on Facebook, you can basically delete, delete your account, but they're going, hey, we, we might be able to access this, 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 this. And so take it or leave it. Right. And, and not only that, I mean, so this isn't, this isn't just, I mean, these are, you know, this is, uh, this is all these companies. I mean, you know, Google, when you go in and do your thing, right. I mean, depending on what your things are, are set, you know, your, your privacy is set to, but clearly if you're Google, you can change those settings, you know, <laughs> will and be, you know, and know yeah. anything on the back end. doesn't matter what you might set it to. It's right. It's, <laughs> They're still going to find know, out. They, they, right. And they know where you are, where you travel to, where you drove to, where you walked to, where you went to, what you looked at, what you bought, what you shopped, where you text, where you went, where you, I mean, it's, and so this is the state that, that we are under and all that it takes is a small abuse of these tools, as we see in the dissident, uh, where this technology is actually used to then go and murder people. And in the case of Pegasus and the uh, NSO, the Israeli cyber hacking uh, software that's been sold, it's been sold to countries around the world. And in Mexico, it was sold to the government of Mexico, and it's been traced to something like 15 murders. Um, yeah. It's been traced to the hacking of uh, more than 1,600 journalists uh, around the world, and I'm sure that number is much higher now, uh, that basically their own governments, you know, attacked them with Pegasus to find out what they were writing about. You know, God forbid they're, God forbid they're writing about the opposition party. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a country in Africa, you know, Ghana, who had basically used Pegasus to hack the phone of the opposition party and then murder members of the opposition party uh, to basically stop the opposition. So I, I think we, we got to look at where these, these bigger things are. And as even in, okay, the you know, uh, uh, belief that, that Trump is going to be out of office, um, all the things that happened under that administration where we saw all of these kind of freedoms that we think we have and take for granted kind of under attack. And we also saw, see the rule of law under attack and, uh, and the expanding of powers um, that we never thought possible as Americans. We have to be, I think, incredibly diligent um, to, uh, to regulate uh, not only these businesses, um, but you know, our, our own government uh, for further accountability. I mean, look, well, it's you know, not when, just when, Snowden, when Snowden came out, you know, with, with the leak of what had happened, you know, uh, with the NSA, right? There was that moment of, oh my God, how dare you, Edward Snowden? And here we're still trying to, you know, extradite the guy and bring him back, you know, to the US. But let's face it, I mean, guy was a hero. <laughs> I mean, he certainly let us know stuff that we needed to know. I, I, you know, maybe his methodology and what he leaked. And, and I certainly um, uh, don't agree with Julian Assange's methods at all. At all. I mean, uh, I, I view no, him as a pirate and, 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 a, and kind of a criminal. He however, is a criminal, I agree. However, what he has exposed 
which a lot of things he shouldn't have exposed. Right. But there's a lot of good in, in a lot of the stuff he exposed too. Yeah. Um, I think I think gives anybody a reason to you know to to perk up their ears and go, um, what what are we going to do about this? What's your next project? Well, uh, you know, the dissident just 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 came out on on Friday, so I'm hoping that a lot of people will will go and find it uh, on uh, uh, on video on demand. Um, I've been working on two other projects. I don't want to discuss freely both uh, both both documentary projects, uh, uh, both that um, that you know tackle um, you know what I what I view as uh, important subject matter. Um, and I have a scripted project want to give uh, a, with a, just a little hint of what the subject matter is on the docs. Not yet. <laughs> just, just a small, I won't tell anybody just a small one. <laughs> but uh, uh, I have a, another I have a scripted uh, series in development also with a uh, with a major uh, studio uh, that also uh, looks at, you know, a uh, uh, a very uh, incredible crime of the 20th century uh, that is uh, deeply political and kind of goes down uh, the same path of, of Icarus and the dissonance. So, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm continuing. I, I want to just, uh, I want to keep telling stories uh, that have impact um, and hopefully we'll keep audiences um, on the edge of their seats uh, oh. as well. The dissident certainly did, and if you if and I thank you for letting me have an advanced viewing of it. Um, it was, like I said, very sobering, um, very telling. Um, it hit me personally, but you know, getting away from the personal angle of it, what you mentioned about hacking, what you mentioned about, and by the way, I did want to tell you the graphics and the animation were fantastic. I don't know who did those for you, but just on, as a technical uh, critique. Those are really great and help tell a story. I think that you couldn't have told otherwise with traditional video, but that aside, the idea of the problems of, um, of, of, of free speech and privacy and how a government can manipulate both uh, is I, I think are very telling for this country and something that we have to police on a daily basis, even with a new administration. So I really do. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, look, uh, you know, in crafting the film, uh, we really wanted to craft it as a thriller. And so to that extent, those big graphic animated CGI uh, sequences, which are pervasive throughout the film, uh, was all in trying to create that big cinematic thriller the sound, the score, um, not being able to see it in a big theater is unfortunate, but um, it really, uh, that was very purposeful in, uh, um, you know, in, in, in the crafting of the film with my creative team is how to make the film feel big uh, and, uh, uh, and play uh, as, a, as a big film. Uh, rather than something that felt like news, uh, and hopefully, you know, audiences will uh, will enjoy that. You know, on on the issue of um, of the new incoming administration, um, I think I think um, it's the same thing. You got to be uh, very very important. Uh, I mean, very very diligent, um, and uh, because I don't think it's a Democratic or a Republican thing. Um, I agree. You know. The, uh, the Democratic Party, uh, you know, which leans more towards uh, socialist values, um, which there's a lot of good in that. There's also um, a of, well, if I don't have anything to hide, why do I care what, you right. know, uh, that the government has access to my phone? Or why do I care if they're recording my phone calls? Or why do I care that they can, you know, do this or that? And while that's an easy um, ideal to have, if you're living your life cleanly and, you know, without, you know, whatever, you're not, you're not a fugitive, and you're, uh, and, and you pay your taxes, and you're not up to, uh, you know, to criminal activity. Well, sure, 
that's a great philosophy to have. But that philosophy is also dangerous in the concept of the information that is available to everyone and how it can be misused. And so it's not about, you know, because I've had this um, uh, with, with many friends, I had a conversation real recently and I said, okay, well, as we all get COVID vaccines at some point, you know, it hasn't launched yet, sometime next three to six months or something, there's gonna be some app on our phone as this really becomes available that as you go into a restaurant, as you go into an airport, as you go in, right? You're gonna to have to show, here's my app, here's my phone, they're gonna scan your phone and it's gonna show that you have the vaccine, right? I have, So yeah. in principle, you go, okay, no big deal, that's fine. But that app on your phone is basically a global app. That app is essentially a government app that governments can share. And, what's, and who says that that app doesn't have a backdoor into everything else on your phone. And they, I was the government and I was building my COVID app, right? right? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you build that technology in? And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and she said, oh, well, who cares? You know, they can, they can track me. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. That's and, not the point. And that's not the point. You're right. Well, listen, Brian, I really do appreciate you. Fascinating documentary. I hope everyone goes out to see it. I, it, it, like I said, it touched me personally. And uh, once again, I appreciate you being on the show. I'd love to have you uh, back sometime to talk some more. I hope so. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Uh, this is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thanks for joining us.